I've began to look at David, but what I've felt to do this morning to introduce, you know, the next three weeks is to look at the kingdom. Because if we don't know what the kingdom is about, we won't know what to establish in our lives and cultivate in our lives. Does that make sense? And David was somebody who established the kingdom, but, and he cultivated it, not just by, you know, not just, just by taking over the land. He cultivated it daily in his heart and in, in the intimate place with God. If you know David, he was a shepherd boy. Any shepherds in here? No, <laughs> but you know, he was a shepherd boy. He's just going about his every day. It's not the, you know, within the society, it wasn't the highest of jobs within society. It was one of the lowest jobs within the society is how they were seen. You know, it's, I was going to say a dustbin man, but I might offend somebody, you know, or it's just one of those jobs that need doing. Okay, it was important, but David was just a shepherd boy. Yet God uses a shepherd boy to establish his kingdom. How amazing is that? You know, God can, God can use you to establish his kingdom. You say, oh, well, just little me. Yeah, little you. Little me can be used in God's kingdom. Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe God can use you. I don't like the word use. He can partner with you, and you can see his kingdom come in and through you. And he wants to establish his kingdom more and more, and he wants to cultivate it into the lives of communities. So I thought it was important, first of all, to look at the kingdom and what this would look like. And, um, you know, David was close to God and intimate with God. And we're going to look at that next week and the week after in terms of his character and what we can learn from him. But this morning, I want to look at the kingdom of God and what he establishes. Or what should I say, what God establishes through David. So the first thing I want to say about the kingdom is this. It's a kingdom of righteousness. You know, David did what was right. Have you ever done something wrong and felt uncomfortable? Or is it just me? And you know it's not right because something doesn't feel right, does it? Or you do what's right, then you feel right. You're like, yeah, that was right. And, and, and you know it's right. You know, David was a sensitive person. He was sensitive to, the, to, to God and who God was and, and God's spirit. And he knew to do what was right. He knew when he'd done wrong because he was sensitive to God and who God was. But he knew he had to do right. It says in 2 Samuel 8, verse 14 to 15, after David had defeated Goliath and he'd had authority in the kingdom and became the king, he established authority. He wiped out the enemy. It says just before this, he wiped out 18,000 of the enemy. 18,000. That's a pretty good defeat, yeah? It's a pretty good score on your Xbox. 18,000, is it not? 18,000 zombies. <laughs> You know, Gracie's got me on this subway thing. I don't know, on, on the iPad, you have to run and go down the subway and jump over trains. I'm on 38,000. That's my high score. That's a good score. She was impressed. We went and watched the football yesterday. We played on the iPad. Football's not her thing, but she goes with me. But, you know, David wiped out 18,000 in, in a day. He wipes out 18,000. What, what, a, what a great, mighty power that's working in David's life. And let's read what it says. It says, he put garrisons throughout Edom... And the Edomites became subject to David. The Lord gave David victory wherever he went. Does anybody want victory wherever they go? That's what God gave David. So he gave victory wherever he went. David reigned over all Israel, doing what was just and right for all his people. 
So the kingdom of God is about righteousness and justice. It's about you doing what's right on a daily basis. You know, and, and some days we don't do what's right. We get it wrong. But we can go back to God and say, you know what, I, I messed up there. I want to do what's right. Does anybody want to do what's right? Anybody want to do what's wrong? <laughs> but we do, don't we? Because we're human beings. But the kingdom of God is about righteousness. It's about doing what's right. Right in your job. Right in your family. Right in relationships. It's about establishing. If we're going to see the kingdom of God in our nation, in our homes, we've got to do what's right. And I know we make mistakes, but we've got to be a people that say, I want to do what's right. What is right for me to do right now? What is right to, for me to do in my family? What is right to do in my job? I'm going to be a person who establishes righteousness in my life. David, it says, he, walked, he, he, he established the kingdom. And wherever he went, he did what was just and right. Why? Because he knew God. And he knew something of God He was aware of God. He was sensitive to God. He was aware of God's presence. He was aware of God's word. He was was aware of God's spirit working on his life and the sensitivity to that. He was sensitive to that. So he wanted to follow God and be led by God. That's why he can write, you know, in, in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me. He was led by God. He wasn't led by himself. He was led by God as a shepherd. He knew that he had to lead his sheep, but ultimately God was the great shepherd, and he was led by God. He wasn't just randomly off on his own deciding to establish a kingdom. He knew the call of God on his life, and he established what God wanted to do, and it started with doing what was right. Are you hearing this? So if we're going to establish, we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer. God, your kingdom come, your will be done. It's going to start with doing what's right. You're doing what's wrong. You're going to have to say, do you know what? I don't want to live like that anymore. God, your kingdom is about righteousness. Help me to walk in doing what's right now, not what's doing wrong. Yes? Making sense. So righteousness, first of all, is what the kingdom, the kingdom of God, it's a kingdom of righteousness. Okay? The second thing, which makes sense. It's a kingdom of peace. You know, if you do what's right, what follows? Peace. It's not, common. It's, it's not hard work, is it? Right? You know, I, I went to Africa, um, I don't know what the time is, what day are we on? Was it last month? Two, three weeks ago, four weeks ago? It's been a long time since I came back. But I went to Africa. Before we went, we both got invited. Sarah and me got invited, right? And... Um, you know, I'm like, I'm all eager, right? I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm the one who runs off there and I'm like, we've gone to, we're, we're there tomorrow. Sarah's just like, in a minute, right? Let's just think about this. Let's just think about the kids and everything else. So I'm like, come on, let's go. We've both been invited. And I'm like almost trying to force Sarah to go. Come on, you'll be all right. We'll just dump the kids with the in-laws. They'll be fine. Yeah, but Sat's coming on. She'll be fine. Got to look after it. You know, and Sarah's practically thinking it through, and she felt uncomfortable with going. I knew she was, but I tried to force it a bit. You know when you do that? You know when you want your trainers when you're little off your mum? Instead of saying, can I have some trainers? You say, my trainers are looking worn. Or was that just me? You kind of go round, don't you? Oh, I'm hungry. You know, you say them things when you want something instead of just having a face-to-face conversation. But, you know, and don't say you do because we all do it. And if you don't do it, your kids do it if you've got kids. And you're learning the tricks because you used to do the tricks as well. Right? 
But you know, I, I, I didn't feel comfortable trying to get Sarah to go. But I, my heart wanted her to go because I love her to be with me and be in Africa. So I'm trying to kind of go around the reeking, right? Oh, you'll be all right. You'll be okay. We'll, we'll, we'll be fine. Come on. It's important you go. And then I, like, one day I'm just thinking, I'm not, I'm not comfortable. I don't have peace. I feel a little bit wobbly. What's up with me? And then the thought came to me, I'm trying to make Sarah do something. So I went home and said, look, Sarah, I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I really feel, you know, if it's not right for you to go, then don't go. And I'm, I'm at peace with that. I'm at, and she just said to me, do you know what? I've been thinking it's not right for me to go. Soon as she said it, ah, oh, peace. I had peace. I'm like, why have I been trying to make that happen? And I had peace. Sarah had peace. And we thought it's right for me to go. You to stay at home. And that's just a little example on a daily basis, a relationship here, right, that we're trying to work through on a daily basis. But we can do that with anything in your job. You know, you know, if you do it right, you have peace. If you're trying to hide things in your job or you're trying to blag things in your job, you're not settled, are you? Or you're putting the assignment off. Is that just me that puts things off? And you like start getting anxious, don't you? And then you blame everybody else about the assignment. Well, actually, if you'd have got the work and put it in first, then you'd be at peace a bit more. Come on, right? And it's the same in life. If you do what's right, you'll have peace. That doesn't mean everybody will agree with you because not everybody agreed with David. He had enemies. But if you do what's right, you'll have peace with God. You'll have peace with yourself and you'll be at peace with other people because you do what's right. doesn't mean everybody will agree with you. Am I making sense? So the kingdom of God is about righteousness, but it's about peace. It's about being at peace with people. Being at peace with yourself and God and being at peace with people. You become a peacemaker. So let's read what it says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Jesus, you know, giving a sermon about this coming kingdom and what it looks like to the people. And he writes, blessed are the peacemakers. You want to be blessed? Be a person of peace, who makes peace, not just goes to war with people, to prove our point. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So God's children are at peace and are peacemakers. Am I making sense this morning? I don't know about you, but I want to be at peace. I want to know God's peace, and I want to live it the best I can to be at peace with people. Nearly came out wrong, didn't it? Right? Am I making sense, okay? So the kingdom of God is righteousness and a kingdom of peace. And then the last one, it's a kingdom of joy. Oh, no, it's not, brother. It's a serious kingdom. Yet it is serious, but it's a kingdom of joy. Jesus was full of joy. Anybody want joy? Right? There's joy in the kingdom of God, okay? Imagine getting victory and seeing peace, righteousness and peace, right, established in a kingdom. There'd be a bit of joy in that place. If you've ever been in a place where there's been a war zone, and then after that war zone you have peace, it's very difficult actually to try and bring joy back if it's people have died. But you know what? I went to Rwanda last, last month. You know, I went to the genocide memorial, and that place has been through horrendous things. And you think, how can this nation ever recover from this God? And people ask the question, why God? But then I go in the local church and I see people being restored. I see people being healed. And I see people getting a joy back that they've never had before. You see, the kingdom of God is about joy. It's about bringing life. 
It's about bringing that vitality that you carry to other people so you can bless other people with it. It's a life source for not just you, but for other people. So the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy. Let's read what it says in Romans 14. I love this scripture. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. Anybody like food? I love food. I went for a curry last night. I love food, right? We can eat food and we can drink. It's not a problem. But he says this. It's not to be made an issue of. We're not to fall out about it, right? Basically, he says, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom of God. So righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what David established in his life. That's what we are to establish in our relationship with God and establish in our homes. Homes that do what's right. Homes that are at peace with one another. Husbands, wives, through everything, trying to be at peace with one another. Your relationship at work, wherever you're working, do what's right. Be at peace with one another and bring joy into the place. Bring life into the place. Bring that vitality, the mix that you bring into the place. That's what the kingdom of God is about. Making sense? I went out with um, a couple of guys last night. I went for a curry. Two guys that I used to play football with back in the early 90s. We were both at Stoke. And I met them they're from Ireland, and I couldn't understand a word they were saying. I was like, can you bring a translator with you, right? Proper strong, you know, Irish accent. And um, I had a great time with them. But, you know, they said to me, Sue, what do you do? You know, they're from Ireland. I can't even do an Irish accent, right? I'm not, it's like this, right? I'm like, what? Is it mass? I'm like, you do mass? What do you mean mass? Are you talking about debt, like dense, weighted, weight? What, what we're talking about mass? He said, are you doing mass in the morning? And I'm like, mass? Oh, you mean Catholic mass? And no, I'm not doing mass. I'm actually coming to speak and, and, and tell people. So they said, well, what are you going to speak on? I'm like, oh, here's an opportunity. <laughs> you know? He says, what are you speaking on? I said, I'm speaking on David. What are you speaking on? They were so interested. And I said, well, what does that mean? So I said, let me tell you about the kingdom of God. This is what's available for you today. Right with God, peace with God, and joy from God. I mean, who would refuse that? Who would refuse that? I said, it's not about eating and drinking. We're eating and drinking now. Boy, it's not about that. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy with God. You know, and I gave him the gospel there and there on the table. That's what's available for all of us. You know, and, and basically, if we want to know what the kingdom, what does that mean? It means under the dominion of the king. So we, David surrendered to God, and God's kingdom was established in and through David. So when we, as individuals, we choose, that was good, wasn't it? It's the anointing, it's the Holy Spirit comes upon me when I get near white things, right? So, so it's getting brighter. Do you feel the increase? Right, so the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, are you wondering what that is? The kingdom of God is about the dominion or the, the dome that we are under, the rule in which we are under. So imagine it like this. This is the authority or the dome or the kingdom that we're under, okay? Or if you're not under, you're under another rulership. But when you choose Jesus or you choose God, you come under his governance. You come under his authority. He becomes the king and his kingdom is established in and through you. Does that make sense? So, I don't know about you, but this is good news. Because when I look at David in all his faults, he establishes an amazing kingdom. 
where there's righteousness and peace. And I would imagine there was some joy in the land. I mean, David rejoiced. David, you know, blessed, blessed on, on my lips. I will rejoice in the Lord always. You know, he had some difficult times, but he was always rejoicing. Because he understood his joy was not in this world. His joy was from another king. His joy was from another source. Right? And that's what God offers us. You know, David is an Old Testament person, but he's actually nearly functioning as in the New, New Testament with the Word of God and the Spirit of God in his life. It's a unique phenomenon that we see in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, the Spirit would come upon people, but David was almost a New Testament person with the Holy Spirit in his life. And I don't want to get over, in an argument over that, but you can see the evidence, almost a New Testament believer in the Old Testament. It's a phenomenon. It, it doesn't usually happen. It's, it happens on individuals. But here's the good news. That now is available to everyone. How awesome is that? You say, what, me? Yeah, you. That is now available for you. In the Old Testament, it happened on one or two people. But in the New Testament, it was offered for all. So in the Old Testament, the prophets prophesied about it. Said, I will pour out my spirit on all the people. Amos said, there'll be a new covenant. Not just with the people of Israel, but for all the Gentiles, all those outside of David's kingdom. David's kingdom is going to be expanded to all people. How awesome is that? So the king now offers dominion or rule, not just over the Israelites, but he's extended it all over the enemies as well. He says, I will extend it over all people. How awesome is that? I'm going to read what God says. He sends a messenger. He sends Nathan to David to say something. And it's important that we listen to this and understand that actually it's not us that establishes the kingdom. He said, well, you just told me I need to cultivate an established kingdom. kingdom. Yes, we can. But on the premise of this first, it's God who establishes the kingdom. Let's read what he says to David. So to Samuel... Chapter 7, verse, we'll go from verse is it 8, 11, there you go. And I have, sorry, I'll read it. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house. Who's establishing it? The Lord himself. So David, in all his amazing ability and power of God, what he does, he sees a kingdom established. God comes to him and says, I will establish a kingdom. I will establish my house. And he says, for you. He says, when your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you. You will come, sorry, who will come from your own body. And I will establish the kingdom. There you go. He says it again. As much as David did, God says, I'm going to do it. You know, you're a human being and you've done really well. But actually, I'm going to do something even, even greater than what you've done, David. And then he says, here's the one who will build a house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him. Now here, he's actually talking about his son, Solomon, who messes up. Okay, But the, the, the message of this is pointing forward to somebody who's greater as we know, is Jesus, the King of kings. So it says, 
I will be his father and he shall be my son. When he does wrong, I will punish him with the rod of men, with floggings inflicted by men. But my love will never be taken away from him. As I took it away from Saul, whom I removed from before you. It says, your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Now, I like the story of David. And we're going to look at that and how he establishes God's kingdom in his life. And that's going to help us in the next two weeks. But we first got to understand that it's God who establishes the kingdom. It's not us. Am I making sense? So how does he do that? Jesus Christ came into this world to become the king. He came, he was punished, he was beaten, he took on death, he took on sin. He conquered the greatest evil in this world. You know, it wasn't 18,000 soldiers like David defeated. He conquered the greatest uh, enemy of this world, which was death itself and sin. Jesus came, grabbed it, defeated it, was risen up and is above it. He became the king above all things, okay? So then what happens is this. When we accept and say, do you know what? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to live outside of that. You know, I've lived on my own outside of this. And I didn't even know that I was outside of it. I was blind to it. I just thought, I get up every day. I try my best. I struggle with depression. I, you know, I struggle with the way I feel about myself. And I have all these battles that go on. I, I don't like myself. I'm, I've been nasty to people. And, you know, all of this stuff that goes on, I was outside of the king's authority. And then one day I said, you know what? I give up now. <laughs> I'm going to put myself under here. And you know what? I didn't really know what this king was like. I didn't really know much about him. All I knew that the Bible tells me I heard a message that there's a God who died for me. This king was one that came down from heaven, came to the lowest of the low, was beaten and punished, died on a cross. This is the king who doesn't just sit there and give orders out. This is the king who demonstrated so that we could follow him. This is the king that we serve. This is the king that we love. He, didn't, he doesn't just sit on high on his throne and say, I'm the king, come and serve me. He says, watch me and follow me. This is how you do it. Give your life for people. Surrender your life for people. And you think, I don't want to give my life. I want to hold on to it because I've got so much to hold on to. So I'll just stay out here. But God says, come in my kingdom. Come in my kingdom. Anybody, all of you. Not just the religious people, everybody the kingdom's open to today. And then what happens is, when I went into here, I began to discover what he was like. I began to discover he loves me. No matter what I do, he loves me. It's a kingdom that's motivated by a God who is love. Not, not control and dictatorship, a freedom that comes with it. Where we can choose to love him as he first loved us. Does that make sense? But then what does he establish in our lives? What does this king, like David did, what does he establish in your life? I'll tell you what he establishes, the same as what David established, righteousness. He says, I will establish it. I will make you righteous. We don't make ourselves righteous. He makes you righteous. How awesome is that? He defeats your enemy of death. He defeats your enemy of sin. He is the one who became king over it. He's the one who we begin to worship and give thanks for. He's the one who we begin to praise. Do you know who my king is? My king made me righteous. 
How awesome is that? My king washed my sin and made me whiter than snow. Woo! I don't know about you, but I want to be under the dome of the king. I want to be under the dominion of this king who's greater than David, who defeated the greatest enemy on earth, who paid for your sin and makes you righteous. You say, I don't feel righteous. Well, God made you righteous whether you feel it or not. You have to begin to accept the word of God in your life, the truth of God, that God says you are righteous in me, in my kingdom. I make you righteous. I establish. It is my authority. What I say exists in your life. So believe it. You are made right through believing in Jesus Christ. How awesome. I don't know about you, but I want to serve my king. I want to go where my king wants me to go because I'm going to trust in his goodness. I'm going to trust in his mercy. I'm going to trust in his kindness. I'm going to trust that he's made me right. And some days you get it wrong and you think something's not right. God, I'm sorry for that. But your righteousness is not based on your, your, what you do on a daily basis. Your righteousness is based on what Jesus did for you. He's the one who establishes the kingdom. Am I making sense? So righteousness is given to you by your king if you choose to submit and surrender into his lordship. Second thing that comes with it is David established peace. Wow. Imagine being at peace with God. And I'm sure there's people in here who've made their peace with God. Peace in your heart, peace in your mind, that I am made right with God. I am forgiven. God loves me. Wow, I accept God's love for my life. Now I am at peace with God. I'm not fighting. I'm not wrestling. I can just be at peace and rest with God. It's a resource that God gives us so that we can therefore be at peace with other people. So what does he offer us? Righteousness and peace. He is the prince of peace. He is the one who holds peace for you. It doesn't come from anywhere else. It comes from heaven. It comes from the Father. It comes through believing in Jesus Christ. Peace with God. I don't know about you, but I want to serve this king who can offer me peace on a daily basis. How does David deal with the things he's dealing with? How does he face a giant that everybody else is intimidated by? What is it that makes him stand up to him? He knows it's not right. He knows he has peace with God. and It doesn't fit with what God wants. Why? Because he has peace. Peace with God. So God, our king, offers us righteousness. He offers us peace. He's still with me. So what's the last one? Joy. 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 He offers us joy. He's joy. Come on, church. There's got to be a bit of joy. I mean, there's some serious people in here. Maybe I've got it wrong. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I got it wrong. But the, the king that I serve gives me joy. I tell you, joy, 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 joy. Joy overflowing. Joy never ending. Righteousness never ending. Peace never ending. I, I, I don't know about you, but I think we need to open some wells up and have some joy released from this place. Supernatural joy. So that when you face things that you think, how do I get through this in life? God says, my joy, my peace, my righteousness never changes. 
I'll hold on to it every day of my life. Everlasting joy, everlasting peace. He is the King of Kings. He's everlasting. He does not change. He does not change on a Monday. He doesn't change on a Tuesday. He doesn't change on a Wednesday, even when it's a bad Wednesday. He keeps going the same. And we have to line ourselves up with the truth of what he says about us, what he offers us. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And you, ah, people look at me and think, you know, you're just a bit eccentric. I was a shy boy. I was a shy shepherd boy who just wanted to stay over there. But God, by his word and his spirit, boom, brought me alive. And I remember people at first, you said, oh, you know, you'll calm down. That's what you say to me. You'll calm down. I'm like, how can I calm down about what Jesus has done? How can I calm down about the righteousness of God, what he paid on the cross? How can I calm down about it? It's the greatest message on the planet. The king has defeated death. He offers forgiveness of sin and he gives us peace. And he's given me a joy that I've never known. And you want me to keep quiet about it? It's not going to happen. Because it can't. It's in me. It's who Jesus is. It's what he offers. And he's still with me. And I know I'm being a bit serious this morning, but you know, you know, and, and the reason this is we need to understand what God does. God says, I will do it. I will establish. I will establish it for myself. It's nothing to do with us. God says, I will do it. You watch me. You watch what I do. He says to David and promises David, he promises by his word and he establishes it through Jesus Christ. His word becoming flesh. The kingdom is established. Now we have a choice what we do. Am I going to enter into God's kingdom or am I going to keep doing it on my own on a daily basis? It's up to you. But I know me, I want to be in his righteousness. I want to be in his peace and I want to be in his joy in the Holy Spirit. You know, but there is an enemy that wants to remove us and tell us that we don't deserve it. We, 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 we don't deserve peace. We don't deserve joy. And he wants to keep us outside of here and rob us. But here's the truth. Our God is an everlasting God. He doesn't change. And David understood this through all his trials and all his tribulations. There's one point where he's in a mess and he says, God, wherever I go, you are there. He's there. Because he knew God. So the important thing in all of this is to remember that God is an everlasting God. Therefore, he establishes an everlasting kingdom because he's an everlasting king. So we can rejoice and praise him for what he's done this morning. Are you with me? So I want to praise God this morning. There's nothing else I can say apart from let's praise God. And we sang a song, right? I'm going to change the song. Sorry, messes around, right? We sang a song. We're going to sing a new song. And it says this. I'm going to sing it louder than I sang it before. You know, I, I stood at the front of church, I'll be honest with you, and sometimes we can come to church and, you know, we're having bad days and stuff's going on and we're thinking about the shopping, we're thinking about something and this and that and the week and all. Stuff going through our head, right? And then sometimes I can come to church and think, oh, I'm just going to experience this and be blessed by it. I've got to be honest. We can come into the kingdom where we can experience it. But if we begin to give thanks and praise God, and we begin to actually allow that sound and that belief that's in us to engage with him, he will engage with us. 
Do you believe that you are the righteousness of God in Christ? Do you believe that he gives you peace this morning? Do you believe that he offers a joy that in your situation, whatever you face, will give you the strength to overcome? But you've got to shout louder than you shouted before. You've got to say, okay, God, I'm render open my heart. I'm not living there. I'm going to make a step to come into the kingdom of God. I'm going to enter into the kingdom of God. I'm not just going to watch it and see it and think, what are these people up to? I'll observe this and wait and see. I'll wait and see. Well, you'll never see it until you're in it. And you have to do it by faith. You have to say, I'm going to put my faith in the king. I'm going to put faith. And this is how it is established. This is how it starts. This is how you enter into the kingdom. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to put my faith in a king who died for me. I don't understand it all, but I hear a message of an everlasting king who died and defeated death and defeated sin. And I'm all of a mess, but I'm coming into that kingdom. And I'm going to shout about him. I'm going to lift him up in my heart. I'm going to be singing about him. I'm going to praise him. I might not understand it, but I'm going to believe that I'm going to connect with God. David did it. David. Oh, that's David now, right? David did it. David danced undignified. He danced because he believed. He wasn't fearful about what people thought about him. I'm going to dance anyway. I'm going to dance anyway. And there's something inside of you that wants to come out. It's in there. And God says, I want to draw it out. But you've got to enter into it. You've got to say, do you know what? I'm going to shake it off. And there's some noises that happen in our lives that are louder than what God wants to say to us. There are. Tick, 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 tick. You don't deserve. Tick, 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 tick. Tick, 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 tick. Niggle, niggle, niggle. Niggle, niggle, niggle. That's the song. Niggle, niggle, niggle. Niggle, niggle. Sorry. I just want to dance, right? Niggle, 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 no, no, it's not. Right, right, you're out here. God's saying, come in, enter in, begin to thank me, begin to praise me, begin to sing with all your heart, cry out if you have to cry, if it breaks you, but call out to God with everything that's in you and allow him to come to you, allow him to speak to you. See, David understood, and I'm going to finish here, but I'm going to go into this next week. David understood, and I think this is why a lot of people don't enter into it, Okay. He submitted to God's word. Today for us, that's Jesus Christ. Jesus is the word of God. Everything we do is submitted to Jesus. Everything, we are following Jesus as our king. That we should not deviate from Jesus, modeling who Jesus is, the love of God. It's Jesus. But the other thing that Jesus said, after we follow Jesus, what Jesus offers us is the Holy Spirit. The same spirit that was given to David was poured out for all people. So how did David get his victories? In the power of the Holy Spirit. How are you going to get your victory? In obeying the word Jesus and in the power of the Holy Spirit. You say, well, I feel weak. Absolutely, but the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God that transforms you. It's not about you. It's about God working his word, his message in and through you. It's about him working his spirit, the power of God in and through you. And pride says, well, I can do it. No, you can't. David didn't establish it. God establishes it. And God says, I will establish this. I will establish righteousness. I will establish peace. And I will establish joy in you. Just come to me and open up your heart and allow God to minister to you today. We're going to sing a song. And invite the band up. And this is all I want us to do. This is your response. It's between you and God. 
you know, there's always more of God. <laughs> He's like, I'm in the kingdom. I'm okay. I'm right with God. There's always more of God. There's always more of his kingdom. It's everlasting. It's not like it's, it's everlasting. His joy, his peace, his you know, righteousness is everlasting. So we're going to sing this song. I want us to stand. And I want you to engage with your king this morning. And if there's sounds in your life that are making a bigger sound than what God says, it's, it's time for you to shout out to your king. It's time for you to shout songs of victory about what Jesus did on the cross, about you know what God did in and through Jesus. That's the king we're singing about. So as we lift him up, as we look at his victory and we come under his authority and we believe in him, I believe God can do something in you. He can give you greater peace, greater joy, greater power to defeat the enemies, your enemies that dictate to you. So Father, we just pray. Let's just lift up our hands. Let's pray. Let's engage with God. And, and you know, God knows your heart. He knows what you need. He knows where you're at. It's probably not the same as the person next to you. But God, just pray with me. God, God, we lift you up in our hearts.